0: Creative Babble. Hey, is this Brandy? Yes. Hey, this is John Taylor with the Chrono Conduct Podcast. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you?
2: Brandy Billings is William Holbert's business partner. And in case you're wondering how an incarcerated prisoner is able to publish a book and a podcast from inside his prison cell, well, Brandy's the one who makes it all happen.
0: So, I mean, kind of to start with, just talk about how you kind of met Bill Holbert.
1: (laughs) We uh, actually met online, as obviously most of the people who know him now do. I kind of thought it was BS at first. Because you know, if you see somebody's, you know, convicted of murder, you know, whatever, and they're like, "Well, how do you, how do you have a Facebook like Um, But that's how we met forever ago.
2: You see, Wild Bill also has a Facebook group of mostly women who are interested in serial killers.
1: And I was very tiptoeish about the situation at first, anyway, just because I'm a private person. And uh, I mean, just in passing, got to start seeing how the things he posted and the way he talked to people and realized, yeah, he did this then, but that's kind of not him now, and wanted to know, what are you about? And, and found him to be very, um, a giving, generous person who is very much in the in the line of thought of serving other people as far as helping as much as he can from where he is. If that makes any sense.
2: Instead of finding a cold blooded killer, Brandy says that she discovered a reformed man. And she says that she wants the world to hear his story of redemption. Yeah. I'm John Taylor with The Twisted Podcast and I'm Javier Leva with The Pretend Podcast and this is Criminal Conduct Season 3 An American Serial Killer in Paradise
0: Would you consider yourself a forgiving person?
1: Um, yeah. I mean, it's something I've been working on personally, actually, honestly. I guess, obviously, it would depend on the situation. But I think I'm pretty forgiving, yeah.
0: What was it that initially piqued your interest to reach out to
3: Bill?
1: Um, like I like I just said, just just seeing how he talked to other people and and wanting to see if it was real, if it was you know just his online persona or if if that's how he really truly was. You know what I'm saying? Like if he really you know anybody can sit and type something out, anybody can take the time to see a question online or or a post online, and of course thoughtfully. Post something, but once you get to know somebody, you get to know if that's really how they are, and then that was that was it. Okay,
0: oh, <laughs> right, but okay. So you're online, you're looking at things. Like it's a big jump. It's not like it's somebody that you went to high school with and right. you know, they got into some trouble. This is a stranger to you, so right. you plucked a stranger kind of out of thin air. And so <laughs> the the reason that you plucked him is because he did some bad things and now he's saying he's changed and he you yeah. wanted to know if that was genuine.
1: I mean, kind. Of, I mean, it didn't flow exactly like that, but yeah, kind of sort of, I mean, it, when you see somebody in a group more than once posting and, and interacting with other people, like I didn't just literally pluck him. I mean, it's not like I, I pulled a name out of my hat, but it kind of started just a genuine conversation, you know, like, Hey, is this really, you know, what are your thoughts on this? What, is this how you really feel? Is this, you know, pretty much, are he, are you being fake? Um, so, I mean, I didn't really, like, pluck him,
0: were so you, to speak. Were you aware of who he was before he was uh,
1: convicted of these crimes? No. No, only after.
0: Okay. So, he gave you, or you have the impression that he went through some kind of change, metamorphosis, and so he's Different now. Yeah, I just talk a little bit of, about that. So as far as what he has done in the past, because I will, I will tell you, I, I have a friend who's in prison for murder. I've had many uh internal discussions about how that plays out and what what's important to me and what's not. But how, like, what he did or what he is, has confessed to doing, like, how important is that to you? Does it matter what he's done?
1: It does matter. Okay. Um, It does matter. I I don't turn a blind eye to it. I know a lot of people are like, are you you crazy? (laughs) What? And no, it does matter very much. But also, I did not know that bill. I can choose to dwell on it, or I can choose to realize that every day he makes a step towards bettering himself and the people around him and, and the people he knows. Is it my job to forgive him? No, it is not my job to forgive anything he did. Literally, it's not, I mean, here on earth it's not either. I can, with trepidation, say, wow, dude, that was bad. That was rough. You know, you did some some things. But it, it's, it's not my job to to judge it. Do I know this bill now? Yes. Do I trust him? Yes. Do I talk to him more than a lot of people in my life? Yeah, I do. And I know every day that he's doing things to change. Let me ask it's you not, know, it's, Let me okay, ask you I'm this sorry. on the
0: on the trust part. So you said you right. you trust him. In in what way do you trust him?
1: I mean, he's my best friend. I don't I mean or not my only one, but he's one of my best friends. He has given me spiritual advice. He hears me. Everybody needs a person who can kick you in your ass and say, you know, you're you're kinda of doing something dumb or that was really good, like you should continue to do that, or this may be what you need to do. And that's what he offers everybody in his life. That's really all he can offer, obviously. Look where he's at. But I know that any given day I could go to him with an issue and he's going to give me some solid advice, not only from life experience, but biblical, spiritual, and just downright telling me, you know, hey, that's, that's kind of, that's, that's not the path you need to be going. So as far as, you know, I don't know what some people think, you know, when you, when you say my best friend is a serial killer what do you mean? How do you trust that? You get to know that person and you trust over time that that person is is not going to uh, leave you in a ditch somewhere. Do
0: you, would you trust him with money?
1: I mean, the option has never come up. Um, there, there would be no way to trust him with money. But yeah, I mean, I would. Yes, I would very much. Say. He's my business partner as well. We started a publishing company, and we have a podcast. So if I couldn't trust him with things like that, we wouldn't even be having this conversation at all. You know, I have to. I have to. um I have to trust that. Now, of course, does he touch any of it? You know, no. He's in prison. He cannot. But. We have a company, so I have to trust him.
0: How much of your comfort with him is because he is in prison?
1: I have nothing to do with that. None whatsoever. I mean, No, no.
0: I mean, you know, you're saying I would trust him with money, I but like, he can't access it. I, I get, let me just ask the most obvious question people would want to know. Would you be afraid of him? Would you be afraid to be alone with him in a room?
1: Good God, no. 100% no. And, no. and why do you have that feeling? Because I know you know like this goes back to the trust and the faith in 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 somebody's path, yes, he's done some some things everybody has obviously some greater and lesser degrees of things, a hundred percent hands down I know that I could be in a room, a house, whatever the situation with him and not be physically hurt at all. That's not even an option. Neither is any other type of way. I trust him implicitly, completely. It doesn't happen overnight. And I know to everybody listening, they're going to be like, I'm sorry, what? But once somebody proves who they are to you many different times, you just, you just know.
0: So, and and I, I mean, I get that. And so as far as <laughs> the reason I bring up, I mean, I don't I, like everybody's going to have a different perspective on that, but that's fine. Oh, I'm um, sure. I'm sure. Hired. And the reason I bring up the money is because, you know, according to Bill, I mean, the reason he killed people is for money. <laughs> um, I know. And so that's kind of his vice. You know, that's so when I ask you if you trust him with money, I mean, in a way I'm asking you, you know, would you give a recovering addict cocaine? You know, is it is it that level of comfort or you just know you got to keep him away from the drugs because that would trigger him? So, you know, is he somebody that you'd co-sign on a loan for, you know, if he was out of prison because you think, oh, he's good for it. He would never turn on me for a bunch of money.
1: No, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's a very actually a good question. P- putting it that way um, is a very good question. But no, yes, I, I would. I would. Definitely. And because again, go ahead. that's old Bill and new Bill.
0: And so there's two two parts of that. One is if you kind of can step back from it because you, you say, well, I know other people are going to think differently. How much of that feeling, that conclusion of yours do you think is intellectual versus an emotional friendship because you like him? How would you separate that as far as uh, your feelings on the money? On the money? Yeah, on on uh, trusting him with money.
1: Um, I mean, it's probably about 98% intellectual because, I mean, yeah, you know, you can care about somebody. You can be friends with them and you can hope, like, all hell or have faith in them that they're not going to do this. But that's not going to get you anywhere. Um, Intellectually... You know, when somebody has time time again gone down the path and realized—I mean, he realizes what he did. It's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's intellectual. I mean, I, I've thought about it. Trust me, I've thought about it a lot more than most people probably think that I have. This was—this is not something you just do overnight.
0: So. Talk a little bit about your thoughts, and I mean obviously this is in the context of Bill, but just your thoughts on people changing, like d- does somebody really change do they when you know do they become a new person? Is it just a variation of the person they were? Uh, just talk about that, and what would cause that kind of
1: change? I think that varies from person to person. Some people will never change. Some people never get to the point where they have to change. In his case, you know, he had that moment where it was like I'm 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 going to die here. I'm I'm this is it. I'm going to I'm going.
0: Do you think this change would have occurred if he did
3: not get caught?
1: No. No, I don't. And he'll tell you that. No. I don't think so and he will tell you. no. I do not think so.
0: Do None you do you think that, that bill is a narcissist?
1: <laughs> it's really funny you should ask that I think everybody has some narcissistic traits but no I don't think that he is if he was he would no nowhere be able to be as giving and caring as he is it's never about what suits him or what's doing good for him if you once you get to know him once you talk to him on a daily basis um, and we talk <laughs> a good bit once you once you get to know him you will see that he he cares about you he asks about you it's not poor bill i'm in prison i did you know whatever it's genuinely caring from did you eat how was your day is there anything i can help you with a narcissist doesn't even have that capability um, they they don't have that. They don't care because it's not them. They worry about what they did. They worry about what's good for them.
0: Now, if we go back to previous wild, you know, to Wild Bill, back when he was out running around Panama right. and he is depriving people of their life to obtain their property or money or whatever. I mean, I think it's pretty I'm not I'm not a forensic psychologist either, but I think it's right, pretty right. safe to say that. At the very least, you had elements of narcissism. I mean, you just, you don't kill people without having that unless, you know, that, um, you know, sort of defense or something. And, and this is a question that, that Javier and I grapple with on a regular basis as well. But <laughs> what is your kind of your goal or objective with the, the book and the podcast?
1: Getting well, number one, number one, first and foremost, as far as even like the book goes, There is stuff that goes on there that is just not okay. I understand and I'm not talking about this this goes past just him. Okay, this goes past just bill. There are things that goes on in that prison, I'm sure all prisons, but we're speaking about this, that are just not okay. No matter what these people did, they are still humans. Every one of them are still human. I cannot imagine on a daily basis what these people go through. I know some of it, but cannot imagine. So I want it out there. We both want it out there.
0: Okay, so you've got kind of the, the human rights issues within yeah, prison in Panama.
1: It's it's some fear, it's serious.
0: What it about serious. what about for Bill? What what's kind of his motivation?
1: Getting it out there.
0: But what, else, like, it, more than just what's going on, because because your podcast isn't just about the conditions of the prison. So what, no,
1: but it's it, like as far as like going into the podcast, I mean, I don't know how far if you even listen to any of it. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's different. I mean, he's just telling you, you know, the things that he feels like people need to hear, or talking to people that he feels like other people need to hear.
0: Talk about this. I, I mean, it's not an idea. I mean, Bill kind of talks about it openly, but that that women are attracted to him pretty much. I mean, it's his masculinity, but because of his kind of the crimes or the allure of dangerousness. And why do you think women are attracted
1: to that? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I'm sure if you, if you listen to any of them, there is the one on I I can't. I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no idea. Is there um, any that-
0: part of him... That in that regard that, that you're attracted to?
1: No, no, really not. I know there are some that he refers to, you know, the Ted Bundy I'm definitely not one of those. No, I don't. I don't quite understand that, and I get that there are people who do, and I would at some point kind of like to understand it because it's actually very interesting to me. No, I, I don't understand it, so I'm not going to speak on that one. <laughs>
0: So you, you definitely see yourself in a different realm. You're not excited by the crimes that he committed or anything like that.
1: No. And, and I mean, again, I'm not, I, I can't judge it. I'm not going to judge it, but it's not something that I, I I don't think to myself, he did this and that's hot or, or anything like that. Um, no, definitely not.
0: How would you describe your relationship with Wild Bill?
1: <laughs> he's he's definitely my one of my best friends. He's helped me more than um, a lot of people. I have my best friend. Our relationship is very much of one where obviously we're business partners, obviously. And then we we talk a good bit. So whether it be that I've had a bad day and then he'll kick my ass, you know, like why are you griping? You've got a job, you've got a good job, you've got this, you've got all this going for you. Or whether it just be, you know, hey, have you had water? Have you drank water today? I mean we're we're best friends, just like any other best friend set, we just obviously can't go hang out like other best friends.
0: I think it's interesting of all the questions I've asked you, that one seemed to be one of the more difficult ones for you to answer. Well
1: I think mean, for his word, you know, a lot of people are gonna be like, how can that be your best friend? Well he's he's definitely I mean, he's somebody I talk to upwards of eight hours a day. So we talk all day, whether it be about the podcast or another idea for a podcast or compiling stuff for the second book. So, I mean, we talk, I know, and I worry. I worry about what's going on there. What about, so,
0: what about the idea that he either won't judge you or he doesn't have really a strong standing to be able to judge you?
1: Oh, wow. Um, Okay. so first of all, obviously, you don't know me, but I'm I'm pretty much as private as I am. I'm also very an open book. Um, So it really wouldn't matter to me if he did judge me. I've never even thought of that. But um, no, I mean, I I wouldn't care. No, that doesn't even enter into it at all, even though I had never thought about it. No, that doesn't at all.
0: Something I had thought about. But yeah.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I can, I can see that. So I guess, I'm sorry, it's not funny. So I guess like what you're saying is I can talk to him about anything because he like killed all people. Right. And so I know that no matter what I do, it's not going to be that bad.
0: That's right. But Definitely. he almost seems to have several personas that some of them are more authentic than others. Do you feel when you're talking to him that you're getting different versions of him or is he pretty much always the same with you?
1: He's always been the same with me always always. I I know what you're saying um, but no he's always been he's always been the same with me
0: do you or have you at least at the beginning or thought at all about his
1: victims in the beginning yes that's not that's not something I can dwell on every day of my life do I all wish he hadn't have done it? Yes. Definitely. But yes, I have.
2: John, I want to stop it right here because everyone listening to this right now is probably shocked that this woman talked so dismissively about the crimes that he committed. William Hobart didn't shoplift condoms from a corner store. He killed six people that we know of. And Brandy can so easily dismiss that and just look right past it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I definitely was surprised by that too, but at the same time, remember that she's known him for a long time. So at some point, you just kind of have to get past his past in a way. And so she's just looking at him as a friend and not looking at him as a murderer anymore. Um, however, when I brought that up to her, you, you know that I feel like that should have brought her back to that point where she did think about those things and that that was an ongoing occurrence in her mind. That I'm talking to this man who. Has deprived people of life, and he's deprived a child of life.
2: Man, I don't know. Well, I don't really buy it. You know, honestly, like that she forgets because she's just she sees him as a friend. That has to be lingering in her mind the whole time. No,
0: no, no, no. Okay, I'm going to give you an analogy. I'm going to give you an analogy. Okay, and I had to pick. I'm going to pick Michael Jordan. Okay, if you became friends with Michael Jordan, and I'm not assuming you're a basketball fan, initially. You're going to ask him a lot about basketball, and that's going to always be something you ask him about. Okay, and that's a positive thing. But at some point, he's just your buddy. Yeah, he did all these great things. And if you meet somebody new, you might bring it up. But when you and him or you and he are talking, you're just going to be talking about normal things. And the fact that he was a superstar isn't something that's going to be in the forefront of your mind every time you talk to him, because you've already covered all that. And so she's already covered all that. Like that's our, she's gone through that whole process that we're going through right now. Because with my friend in prison, every time I talk to her, I don't think about the fact that she murdered somebody. I just don't. Because it's just not there anymore.
2: Yeah, but you know what the difference is? That if if I were to talk to you about your friend, you could immediately get back to that point where you were shocked that she killed somebody, right? Yes. But here's the thing. You reminded Brandy about these killings and that had no effect on her. In fact, I feel like she just parroted his talking. Yeah, And
0: and I did. I, I do agree that with a lot of things, I'm surprised that she doesn't seem to have her own thoughts. She just parrots back what Wild Bill says.
2: I think, and what I'm—I think what's fascinating about women like this is that not only can they look past it, but they almost don't even want to think about it. It's almost like ignorance is bliss, right? They—they they like this persona of, of who he says he was, but I don't know if they would like him as much if he hadn't committed all these crimes. That has to be in the back of their. I mind. think
0: so, and, and and the fact is, she didn't just pluck him out of thin air. I mean, she knew that he was a killer when she reached out to him. When we come back from the break, we're going to continue our conversation with Brandy Billings.
1: This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.
0: So I'm going to throw you a hypothetical. So Bill's in prison. Let's say that that Bill gets out of prison. And Mm -hmm. within whatever, I mean, it could be a month, it could be two years, that he's out of prison, that he ends up committing other crimes. They could be the same crimes, you know, he killed somebody else or you know, whatever, he robbed somebody or something like that. Are you still forgiving?
1: Oh, I would definitely. I mean, because you that's that's friendship. I mean, I a hundred percent don't think that he would, but that's that's not something that you do. I would I would sincerely kick his ass for it, but I don't believe it's even an option. I mean, I know it's a hypothetical, but yeah. no, I would also, if if it did happen, I would definitely still be here.
0: How important to you is it that
1: what he has told you about what he's done is honest? How important is it to him? Yeah. Me? Very. I mean, very. What
0: is something you would want people to know about Bill that's positive?
1: I guess the main thing I would want people to know is that He's he's a human. He, he's a man. He's he, he's just a man. I know that obviously um, the the popular culture is to make him to the monster, or not make him, but you know portray him as the monster. He's he's a human being. He's a human being who he messed up bad because you, you can't rectify it. You can't change it. But he has spent every day trying to help someone else. Not him, him someone else he fights for the people that he's you know next to he He helps his friends
2: so John, ever since I've known you, I know that you have a friend in prison that you visit frequently, and this friend has committed a violent crime, right. So can you tell me about that?
0: Yeah. So I initially reached out to this woman as a subject that I was wanting to write about. So initially I just reached out to her as a subject. But over time, just trying to get to know her and talking to her, we we got to a point where I, I would say that at some level there, you know, there's a friendship between
2: us. And It started off because you wanted to do a podcast about her, but little by little, I mean, you're not going to talk about that all the time, right? And slowly, you know, some friendship forms. And can you tell me about like the nature of that friendship?
0: Right. And so, I mean, when I first was was talking to her and meeting with her, I was pushing her really hard on her crime, which was she had murdered her husband. And so I was really thinking that I could get to the truth if I just really worked on her. And uh, much like you've had with Wild Bill, it was just very difficult to get the truth with her. And so as I continue to press on that, it just became more that I was talking about things that were unrelated to her murder rather than talking about the murder just because it was easier to talk about things that she was not uh, being defensive about. And then just in the course of getting to know her, I just it kind of branched out into other areas. And we talked about her life in prison and her family. I mean, you know, I do. I like her. She she can be nice, but I also believe that uh, she is a you know psychopath slash sociopath. And I think as a result, I mean, she has those tendencies. So I do need to keep her at arm's length. And I'm well aware that there are many times I feel that she's trying to manipulate me, she's trying to work me. But um, there are parts of her that she can be a genuine person. I mean, she's uh, a complex person. I mean, she's a mother. She was a wife until she killed him. She was a daughter. Uh, you know, she has a lot of friends. I was going to say that I wanted to emphasize because when I thought about it a, a while, I mean, this is months ago, but it's the understanding and dealing with somebody who is a psychopath that is the most intriguing to me because I feel like I have a window into that. That was that's one of the most interesting things with talking to her uh, is that when she's being really nice, I almost always know that a, a favor is coming next.
2: Mm mm-hmm. And when you go visit her in prison or you talk to her on the phone, is the murder in the forefront? Like, are you thinking about it while you're talking to her or have you moved past that? Yeah, it does not come into my mind. I mean, if it's
0: brought up, I can go right back to that place. And, uh, you know, I mean, the way she killed her husband was pretty horrific. Uh, So, you know, clearly a lack of empathy. And it's it's just if I think about it, it's horrible. But on a day to day basis, it's just not something that comes up and it's not something that I think about. And in prison, it's a controlled setting. So it's not like I have to worry about her harming me. Um, but I will say that the first time that I met her, uh, when I walked through, I looked right at her hands. I wanted to make sure she didn't have a weapon even in prison. So um, I was still cautious. <laughs>
2: Yeah, which that's actually my next question is you asked Brandy that if she were, if she were ever alone with Wild Bill, would she feel comfortable? Would she feel safe? She kind of hesitated, but eventually she said, yeah, yeah, I would feel safe. Would you feel safe in a room alone not in prison, but just a room alone with your friend?
0: Yeah, I mean, I would probably do it, but I wouldn't say that I feel safe. I mean, I, you know, I'm friends with her. So, I mean, she likes me. I'm on her good list, I guess you would say. But, um, you know, she has that side of her that I don't think most people have, which is if you upset her enough, she's capable of violence. So, yeah, I would I would definitely have some safety concerns being around her alone.
2: We've established that there are many reasons why you could have a relationship with somebody who's a murderer, let alone a serial murderer, right? I mean, you, for instance, your friendship was established because you were trying to learn more about her case and her story as a journalist and as a a true crime enthusiast, right? But in, in this case, Brandy had no other motivation other than she was interested in this guy after he committed these murders and developed a friendship, but then she went beyond that and she developed a business partnership with this guy. And she's just one of many women that Wild Bill surrounds himself with. And so I wanted to talk to Jan Canty, the psychologist, to kind of get her point of view on why some women are attracted to men like William Holber. Why do women flock to guys like that like him?
3: Well, a lot of women don't. But those that do, I think um, it's it's in part because of the celebrity status that they get. So it's not different from a woman who's attracted and wants to be in the inner circle of an actor or a musician who's well known because it, it rubs off on them. They get some of the coattail benefits of being around a celebrity. But I think in other women, it's a way of of filling a hole in their drab existence. And they're looking for something to excite them, to uh, fulfill a need in them. And what better way than to be around somebody who's larger than life? And they're not thinking long term. They're not thinking in terms of, is this the best guy to raise my child? That's not in their worldview. They're thinking in terms of this moment. What kind of what am I going to get out of this at this moment? And generally speaking, uh, it's probably obvious, but I don't think mentally healthy women are going to be attracted to people like them.
2: Yeah. And we spoke to Brandy, who is, quote unquote, his publisher and the woman who produces his podcast. And now she doesn't describe herself as a Ted Bundy which that's the way he refers to these types of women, but she really is, is naive when, when my partner, John talked to her, you know, he asked her, would you be comfortable being in a room alone with him? And she hesitated for a while, but she said, eventually she said, yes, she would be very comfortable. But what he didn't tell her was that if the price were right, wouldn't he be willing to kill her too?
3: As long as she has a a benefit to him, she would stay alive. Well, If she ceases to have that, let's say she no longer had any contacts, any ability to help him with his podcasts or books or anything of that sort. She had no further connections and was, you know, banished from that kind of career path. Then she has no use to him. Then you got to wonder, yeah, what, you know, what about her safety? Because he might even turn around and blame her for anything that went awry with his book or, or podcast. And then she becomes more at risk. Because, again, sociopaths are very impulsive and they don't have a good emergency break. And so what they think just takes over.
2: It makes me think that maybe they think they could fix these guys.
3: Oh, well, women, some women tend to believe that that they just are misunderstood. And if they had a corrective relationship, all would be well. And and I think they're kidding themselves. You see that in in high school, too where girls will date, quote, the bad guy, the bad boy. And it doesn't usually pan out too well in the long term.
0: So we've had a new development in this case since I spoke to Brandy. During my conversation with her, she spent a lot of time trying to convince me, trying to convince the audience of how much uh, she cares about Bill, how great of a friendship they have, how trustworthy he is, and so after talking to her, and even before we could put this episode together, this change occurred.
2: Oh yeah, I mean a huge about face because I mean you you talked to her specifically if she would trust Wild Bill with money, and she unequivocally said yes, I, I would. He's my business partner. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, when I put this episode together, I was thinking these guys are best friends forever. And how quickly that changed actually surprised me.
0: Yeah, I mean, so I we don't know the truth. We don't know what happened because I got a message from Brandy. And what she was indicating is that she didn't want me to air this episode until she spoke to me. And then she just pretty much went dark. Uh, but but you reached out to to Wild Bill. And so w- what was Wild Bill kind of saying as far as what has happened?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, I I looked at a post that he posted in his Facebook group where he basically doxed her. He said that Brandy is ghosting him. She is no longer communicating with him. He wants to know th- what the earnings are of his book. And she's not picking up his calls. She's not answering his emails. And he feels like she's just taking the money and and running with it. He said, this is a 50-50 venture and she's just taking all my money. And she's saying that we only have $170 in profit for the book, which he considers extremely low. But I, I believe it. I mean, how many people are actually buying this guy's book? And then at the end of this long rant, he Sends his followers Brandy's contact information, which, you know, he and he's doing it very respectfully, of course. He's like, please don't harass her. You know, I don't want any harm to her. I just want my money. But he completely doxxed her.
0: Yeah. And so to me, unfortunately, because Brandy's not getting back to me, we're only hearing one side. Regardless, there's a rift that's gone on between the two of them and they're no longer uh, they're incommunicado. So uh, it seems like from the time that I spoke to Brandy and now that that best friend friendship has uh, come to an end, it seems.
2: Yeah, I I actually reached out to Wild Bill over Messenger, you know, and he said that Miss Billing has robbed me and I cannot trust her and I want my property back. I desperately need to get my book taken down. I have it copyrighted in my name, it's mine.
0: Yeah, and I was gonna say that that Brandy's about face does surprise me, but I I figured it would happen at some point. But Bill's response does not surprise me at all because it's a flip of a switch, right? Once he feels you have wronged him, he turns all that charm and all that charisma right around and you know he's gonna blame her and he's gonna go after her and he's gonna vilify her.
2: That's kind of his M.O. And that's exactly what you were trying to ask her, right? Which you were saying, hey, you know, Brandy, if the moment you become useless to him, he's going to flip on you. And, And that's scary. And she did not acknowledge that. And I wonder how she feels like right now.
0: I just feel like she was not paying attention to the idea that he could flip on her. And she just didn't seem to believe that that was within him
2: yeah it's 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 scary you know you, you a lot of these people who are fascinated with these killers and befriend them and even take it a step further like brandy and and go to business with them selling their memorabilia or what whatnot i mean it's great when it's great but it's pretty scary when it's not and i i mean I, I mean we're joking about the about face but i'm you know I'm kind of worried for brandy here
0: yeah, luckily, he's still behind bars. I certainly would be concerned if I were Brandy, if, uh, if he were out and about.
2: Next time on Criminal Conduct, it's our final episode of season three. And we're going to talk to Wild Bill one last time.
3: So no matter what happens, I'm getting out of jail. That's another thing. So everybody just to live with that.
0: A special thanks to our executive producer, Advertise cast and to Ruby Rose Fox for allowing us to use her song, Bury the Body, during our intro. Her music is available anywhere you can purchase music. If you enjoy the podcast, find us on social media at CriminalCon. And please leave us a review on your podcast platform
2: of choice. And make sure to listen to our other shows. John Taylor hosts The Twisted Podcast, and I, Javier Leva host The Pretend Podcast.